Hi, I'm Claire Burgum. I'm Bruce Harwood. And you are listening to Small Talk. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. This week we are going to be talking about March Madness, uh, Big Dance NCAA tournament, because it's very timely. Um, but before we get into that, called the Big Dance. Yeah, that's what people call it. Oh, I don't even know. Oh. You guys know it's called the Big Dance. Yeah, the Big, big dance. dance. Yeah, it's called the Big Dance. It's a rumor I heard. <laughs> it's it's going around. First, yeah. The entire March Madness <laughs> event is called the Big Dance. Yeah. Oh man. Bruce was not invited, by the way. <laughs> was Bruce not wasn't invited, invited to the dance. That's a bummer. No <laughs> um, anyways, before we get into that, uh, we can kick it off with "In My Opinion," which is our introductory segment. We like this podcast to not only talk about current topics, but also um, recommend different things that we think are people should be tuning into or paying more attention to in the media. So I can kick it off. My, in my opinion, is a um, Instagram handle, which mm. I've done a couple of them before, but I'm coming back to this one, and it's called Tinder Nightmares. Ooh. I started following it recently. Are any of you guys familiar? <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, no one's familiar. This is so great. <laughs> okay, it's called, called Tinder Nightmares, and what it is is... Um, literally just screenshots of Tinder conversations, like the private conversations that you might have on Tinder. Now that I'm kind of saying it out loud, it seems like it might be a bit of an invasion of people's privacy. <laughs> sometimes the names are blurred out, sometimes they're not. The pictures are always blurred out, though. Um, and it's just like screenshots of just horrible interactions that people have on Tinder. They post them on the internet, and they're really funny. So like this one um, was a conversation that some nice lady was having with a guy named Chance, and it just says <laughs> from him, what's a nice girl like you doing in a dirty mind like mine and then there's just no response from her. Oh my god. <laughs> it's, just like, it's just screenshots like that and people can submit them to this Instagram handle and then they'll post them and um, they're, they range from you know funny to horrifying but um, that's, that's the Instagram handle I think you should follow and it, it's pretty great. That's brilliant. That's awesome. What do you think on the scale of sleazy to eHarmony where is where's Tinder on that? Just almost beyond sleazy, I oh, really? would say. Yeah. I yeah. can't wait to take my kid twenty years from now to go to the MoMA <laughs> exhibit, exhibiting all these tweets, exhibiting oh, yeah. all this, all this stuff from Tinder. It's yeah. gonna become artwork in twenty years. In twenty years, MoMA exhibit special, yeah, one time only. I That's thought you were going in a very different direction with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the plan, actually. Here, let me let me give you one more example. Yeah. Um, message from the guy. Do you work at Subway? Message from the girl. This better not be a foot-long joke. Message from the guy. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Conversation ended. Oh, that's good. I like that one. It's yeah. pretty good. It's pretty good. I like that one because the sleaze factor is a little bit lower because the guy yeah. totally got called out. <laughs> yeah, he got cut off. Uh, that was great. Um, okay, uh, I'll go next. My, in my opinion, is Mad Men. So uh, we're recording this at... Um, one of the last days of March, um, and Mad Men's last seven episodes are premiering on April 5th, and everyone should watch it. Even if you've never watched Mad Men, you should just start watching. It's not like Breaking Bad. You don't have to catch up. Just watch these last seven episodes and enjoy what I think is one of the best uh, TV shows in history. I think it's better than Sopranos, better than Wire, uh, better than um, pretty much anything that's that's been on TV. Um, the other thing that you should look up, if you are a Mad Men fan, fan and you've been watching uh, for the past six years, um, the Museum of Moving Images uh, posted or has a, a collection of Mad Men um, 
costumes and Mad Men sets and, and things like that. And one really cool thing they had is this three-page note that Matthew Weiner uh, wrote, who's the creator of Mad Men, wrote back in 1990, creating the character of Don Draper. And it just has basically one sentence up at the top, and it says, uh, an arrogant, damaged man with an insatiable sexual proclivities. Um, and then it kind of goes on from there for three pages. And the funniest part about it is it doesn't, not until the very end of the third page does it even mention advertising. So I love that, <laughs> I love that we all know Don Draper as like this ad man, but uh, he kind of built the character of Don Draper with all these other things on top of it. And then the, the fact that he was an ad man was kind of the last layer of his personality. Um, and so it's very telling. And, and it's cool that they waited six or seven years uh, before releasing all this information. Oh, I never knew that. It's really cool. It's cool. Were you always a big Mad Men fan? Because I feel like I've heard varying opinions where people thought the season or the series started kind of slow and then they became fans maybe like partway through. Yeah. Were you a big fan from the very beginning? I was a fan. Yeah, I, I watched the premiere and I've always been a fan. I mean, it's a slow, slow, artistically done show. So it's not... So So just... Uh, I, I pulled a couple numbers. I mean, for how much Mad Men is talked about, only 3 million people watch it every week. So just as a point of reference, The Walking Dead is, is watched by 17 million people every week. So it has a very small audience. And I think the reason for that is because it's a very slow show. It's not action. There's not cliffhangers. There's not who's sleeping with who this week. Um, it's... Uh, it's it's a slow it's a show that you really have to kind of uh, get into and be in the right mindset to enjoy. I I, heard, I read a stat the other week or this week actually I think that ninety uh, percent of viewers of Mad Men skip or do not pay attention to the ads. So really? they're a very highly <laughs> elevated audience. Yeah, I assume. That's interesting. So maybe don't advertise during I'm Mad Men. Not <laughs> a bad idea. Good to know. Um, Noted. Huh. It's funny with Mad Men, so in our TMK Yankee Swap, I actually got the first season of Mad Men in a Yankee Swap once. Nice. And you full never disclosure, watched it. never watched never it. Watched it. <laughs> it's hard. Oh, wow. It's not binge watchable because it doesn't right. have those endings where you're like, I have to find out what happens next episode. Um, so I can totally understand people that have never watched it and are six years behind and have six <laughs> seasons to catch up on. Six seasons of a, of a show that burns really, really slowly is pretty daunting. And so yeah. I can totally understand not wanting to catch up. But you should watch the next seven, the next seven episodes because you don't okay. need to know what happened previously in order to enjoy them. None of that line matters. <laughs> no, it's also weird. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Good to know. All right, I'll pass it off to Ashley for her In My Opinion. I'm Ashley Sobel, and In My Opinion, so what I just finished watching this past weekend, I know I'm a little bit late than some people, but not all, I just finished season three of House of Cards, which was really good, but not as good as maybe seasons one and two. Mm -hmm. um, good to know. Yeah. It's, you know, when you watch seasons one and two, you feel like something crazy happens every single episode, and you just, you can't believe that just happened. You don't really get to that point, at least I think until end of season three, where like there's a a big thing that happens at the end, but that's about it. But it's still pretty interesting. Here's so. here's what I'm going to say about this. I would agree with you that season okay. one and two are better, but I think season three has one of the single best episodes of the entire series. Hmm. Um, 
uh, in it, season six, where they're in Russia and the wife is in a jail cell, and I won't give away exactly why yes. or or what happens, but there's there's one episode where uh, the president's wife is is kind of locked herself in this jail cell for pretty much the entire episode, and I thought it was one of the best episodes of the entire series. It's it was a really really good episode. Um, I don't want to give anything away, so I'll just I'll stop there and say it was really good, and I think that's sort of the point where everything turned. Like right. after that, the entire season took a, like a completely different trajectory. So I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. Great. Um, so I just want to start off by saying that nothing I've ever done in my life has mattered up until this point. And I want you guys to understand that because I'm so honored and blessed to have for, for, for you guys to invite me on the show. I Aww. love this show. Love this pod. Big fans. Love, love pods in general. Um, I'm going to try to contain that. podcast. Oh, I like it. It's very absolutely. cool. <laughs> I'm going to try to contain my excitement in my voice, but it's, it's difficult. It's, it's, gonna, it's really hard right now. Uh, so I was unprepared for this segment. Um, I offer food for thought. Uh, next time, you know, we're all really busy media people. Um, this next... is Derek Lowe speaking, by the way. <laughs> thanks, thanks for the intro. <laughs> Next time you talk to someone and they ask you how you're doing, um, and I know the first instinct is to say, hey, we're really busy, I'm swamped, I'm smacked, you know? Don't open with that. Try, try something new, try something out of left field. I know I'm going off the reservation here, but try something along the lines of, I'm feeling really happy, you know? Instead of saying, I'm really busy. Just I love that. Try that. I have never had a recommendation for a reaction in real life so before. <laughs> It has nothing to do with Pharrell. I love that man to death. But this is just... <laughs> I'm so, his song, Happy. Oh, God. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> I didn't know where we were going with that. Anyways, that, that was just my food for thought. Try it. That's really good. That's good I, I like that because in this industry, the first reaction everyone has is so busy. Yeah. And, and to complain and bitch about how busy they are. And so I like... I like uh, correcting that and saying, why don't we talk about something else other than how stressed out and busy and mm. crazy the day is. Yeah, you might get a completely different you know, meeting right after. You know, your client call might go completely differently. Who knows? After, after that, it might just ease the tension and make everything happier. I Hopefully. love it. Have you tried it? Yeah, yeah that, that was my question. How long have you been doing it and what, what have you experienced? Um, yeah, I, I won't. I will say let's let's regroup on the next pod and, and see and tell the stories of our experiences. Yeah, okay. trying okay, to weasel your way that. into a regular segment here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. All right. Well, the second two is going to be Zen with Derek. <laughs> Spinoff. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. Well, thanks, thanks, thanks for joining us, you guys. Um, as I mentioned earlier this week, we want to talk about March Madness. The um, big dance. The, the big dance, yes, dance. as Bruce likes to refer to it. Uh, yeah. as, um, <laughs> um, so the NCAA tournament has been around since 1939. Uh, it started with just two regions, the East and the West. There were four teams in each region. Um, fast forward to now 2015, we've got 68 teams and four different regions, and over 60 million Americans fill out a bracket every year, which is a one in nine quintillion chance of filling out a perfect bracket. I was not even familiar with the word quintillion before I looked up the stat, so I don't even know how many zeros it has on the end of it. Um, but your chances of filling out a perfect bracket are very, very low. Uh, but what I want to talk to you guys about today is how technology has affected the way that we participate in March Madness. 
on how we watch it or maybe even how many different brackets we're filling out. Um, if there's like specific apps that we use to track March Madness. Uh, basically, yeah, I just want to talk about how technology is kind of evolved in the way that we participate in this huge social and sports phenomenon every year. Um, so maybe we can start out with how many brackets did you guys fill out this year? I filled out three and I feel like I had to turn down a lot of people to be like, no, I cannot yeah. participate really? in another March Madness uh, pool. Really? <laughs> yeah. I did a lot. I did too many. Probably ten. Wow. Ten brackets. Yeah. Ten brackets. Ten brackets all in the same tournament or across separate tournaments? Same tournament. Same, same tournament, but same. bracket, but different winners, different results each you time. You picked a different result every time. For the most part. Some slight variations, but the end result was sort of the same, more so or less. One thing I, I have to... Ashley and I yes. both went to Syracuse. Yes. <laughs> Huge bummer. They're not in the tournament this year. I barely want to talk about it. I, I usually pick Syracuse as a winner every year. As do I. Okay, so yes. what did you do this year? So this year, I don't know about you, I felt a little liberated. I hate to say it, <laughs> but liberated in the sense that... So Claire can understand this pain where you pick Syracuse to win every single year. Mm. They never win. When was they, that they, they really never do. <laughs> they never when was win. that time they won? 2003. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So each year you fill it out knowing, you know, you pick with your heart, not with your head, and as a result, you always wind up losing. Yeah. So this year I didn't have to worry about that. So I could pick anyone I wanted. So everyone pick I'm assuming lots of people pick Kentucky. I think like forty nine percent of the country or something I pick Kentucky it. to win I or something it. like that. So I figured go big or go home. I did not pick Kentucky to win once in my ten brackets. Wow. Yeah. So how, how we'll are you see. doing in those yeah. ten? Terrible. <laughs> So Dead last, actually. Yeah, I picked um, Oregon to win. Nice. And to, no, 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 no. Uh, no, nice already. Uh, and Phil, who runs our TMK uh, Media Kitchen bracket, uh, came up to me and said, "Wow, it's really a bummer that we got rid of the worst bracket winner because I think you would be a shoe in." Because <laughs> I used to like give, I used to like throw ten bucks to the worst bracket. You get your money back, or, or something whatever. like that. Yeah. yeah, but they don't do that anymore. I admire the. You know, going for it. <laughs> I wish that's what I was doing. Uh, how many did you fill out, Derek? Uh, guess, Claire. Guess. Oh my gosh, you're okay. So Derek's a big basketball guy. I know that you, or at least you used to run like the fantasy basketball. I still do. But you still do. Okay, yeah. Um, so I would say, I don't know, maybe the most out of any of us. Yeah, zero. Zero? Really? really? So I subscribe to the old school thought that NCAA basketball is a complete waste of time. Put it this way, Bruce. NCAA tournament every March is like the tornado that comes into the city, into the town, and it tears up your neighbor's house. I'm not even putting up my windows. I'm not even boarding them up. It doesn't affect me. Wait, it tears up your neighbor's house because everyone is so depressed on how poorly their bracket did? That could be a reason why. But it's not affecting me because I don't pay attention to it. Um, you never have? I never have. Unless, hey, unless you're, you're college, and I respect that, and I had you know, feelings for Maryland as they got bounced out in the first or second round. But after that, I will watch no more. I will partake no more in this NCAA madness because uh, I am a fan of good basketball. Good basketball. And unfortunately, that cannot be found here. Um, Wait, it can't be found in the tournament? It can't be found at the collegiate level? At the collegiate level. level. At the collegiate level. I'm drawing a line, Claire. 
So you only watch professional basketball. I only watch professional Until basketball. his school is eliminated. He'll watch <laughs> as long as his school is still in the tournament. But then right when his school is eliminated... Dunsky. You're, you're done, yeah. Dunsky, yeah. You, you rise above it you all. You watch professional sports where, like, the traveling rule has a little bit more leeway. People can take three to four steps before... Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh Fine, Claire, okay. that, that, was, that was shots, I thought. Um, and if you want to go that route, I am prepared. Uh, but we might have to... We don't have the time for that, I think. Um, that's a surprise that you didn't But you asked me, who, me. who's going to win. Um, the NCAA will win. Not these teams, because at the end of the day, I don't know if you guys saw John Oliver. I think yeah. anyone, everyone's was, seen that. Yeah. Brilliant. 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 Yeah. Um, but 1% of the league makes it into the NBA. But the thing that gets me is that, something he didn't cover, is that these teams, these schools, there's such a discrepancy between the talent that it puts me off. I'm not, I don't want to see a team beat up on another team 80-something to 20. I don't want to see two teams that don't have the talent put up 30 points and 20 points. Mm-hmm. And that's the final score. There are so many things um, that's wrong about the NCAA that, you know, it's there, we recognize it, but if you want to go in and bet on it, make a bracket, root for your school, that's fine. But if you're there, you want to talk about basketball, then I, I, I feel sorry for you because come talk to me about the NBA. Yeah. Wow, interesting. Yeah. I'm glad you're on the podcast that we can have that varying opinion here. Well, what do you think about John Oliver's piece? Do you think that the student athlete should be paid? He, he makes a good case for it, although I, I don't know if I'm fully on board with... Uh, I mean, these, these student athletes, I mean, particularly they shouldn't get paid what an NBA player gets paid because that's just stupid to pay someone that young and that irresponsible, that much money, like bad stuff's gonna happen. Wait, hold on. I'm very familiar with the debate, have a lot of opinions about it. Can we talk about the segment really quick? There is nothing inherently wrong with a sporting tournament making huge amounts of money, but there is something slightly troubling about a billion dollar sports enterprise where the athletes are not paid a penny. He started with actually some media stats that the ad revenue from, it was the, the best part of the segment was when he said, Pretty soon, the only thing left to sponsor will be the sponsorships themselves. And now Pepsi presents a Geico look at Nabisco's Toyota Moment of the Game, brought to you by Taco Bell. <laughs> Anyways, it was, that was hilarious. Yeah. But the point was that student-athletes should have been paid. But also, I think the other point was, and he didn't make it clear enough, that NCA and colleges should be more transparent with the amount of money that they're making off these players. Because that is being wrongly allocated to like coaches, wrongly allocated to just building stadiums. I believe, um, I think it was Alabama, their, their, their program, they just uh, built a new uh, wing for their student athletes and it's literally like mansion, it's a mansion within inside and there's like pools and jacuzzis and just the expenditure and, and I think that is another big part of it that, that yeah. is, um, it's unfair to the, if you look at the McDonald's All-Americans, Next year, I guarantee you half of them are just going to be Kentucky and, and Duke players. And what does that mean for the rest of the field? It's just so unfair, right? So the point is that certain schools get to invest in these elaborate benefits for their benefits players that, that other schools to the players, that it's unequal to? Exactly. It's mm-hmm. a very unequal playing field. And you can make the argument that the NBA is like is not only unequal in, in, in itself, but it's much more so at the collegiate NCAA level. I will say that, you know, one highlight of this year's NCAA tournament, and I will admit this, is Charles Barkley. 
that man is doing, is doing all the NCAA games this year. And the stuff that comes into out of his mouth is tastier than the cheeseburgers I go in. <laughs> well, Claire, you started this segment with the the question of how technology has affected the way we participate in March Madness. And I have a, so I I started thinking about that. And I have a theory that technology hasn't affected the way we participate in March Madness. Technology has created March Madness. Because Mm -hmm. before technology, March Madness was... uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, because clearly I'm not an expert in this. Pre-technology, this is something that lived in sororities and frats, and they would have a whiteboard where they would try to guess the brackets, maybe, but it very much lived on the collegiate level, and not only on the collegiate level, but in the colleges that participated. And so, much like Derek, right when your college was out, you were out, and everyone at the college stopped caring about it, and particularly no one outside the college cared about it. What technology has done, and done very efficiently, and effectively is make it very easy for after you graduate from college to still participate in this kind of crazy March Madness uh, event that happens and, and takes place all uh, March long. And it's it's particularly prevalent uh, um, uh, amongst uh, cubicle workers like us because uh, uh, it's something that uh, someone can uh, send an email blast about and then everyone can kind of participate in and, um, and put money towards. And so... Um, I would argue that this technology and all these apps and websites with fantasy football and fantasy basketball and fantasy baseball um, has, has kind of created what we think of now as March Madness and pre-digital um, it, it really wasn't March Madness. It was really just kind of this tournament of events. That's, I have, yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. <laughs> I have two points that stick out in my mind yeah. about that. First of all, when I, I was thinking about back to like how I used to participate in March Madness before and even like in college, you know, like a couple of years ago or whenever it was and I would fill out my bracket by hand and I had one and I right. filled it out by hand and I looked at it and then I would look, you know, X teams out and they <laughs> lost or whatever and now I can't even keep track of the different brackets that I've filled out. I've got different apps on my phone where right. I'm t- trying to track them and, um, you know, just checking into it whenever when I'm, I'm like constantly getting notifications. Yeah. Right. <laughs> how poorly I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the second thing you said about how technology kind of created the whole March Madness craze about, you know, for us cubicle workers to have, you know, have something to <laughs> pay attention to as the day's going on what what um we were in some presentation from some vendor the other day where they were talking about traffic spikes during the march madness time period and how that was 100 percent coming from office ip addresses rather than home ip addresses because it's everyone at work you know watching the game and checking in and not working (laughs) were you guys watching on the ncaa link where you could just stream it without entering your provider, which I thought was brilliant. But there was a little button on the right-hand side, and it said work. Yeah. I was yeah. like, what is this work thing? You press that button, and what happens is it takes over your screen, and it looks like they just throw a bunch of like PowerPoint charts on there, mm-hmm. so your boss comes by, and like you act like you're working, right? It's fantastic. <laughs> wow. I wish they had, a, I wish they had who, that for... Who, who put this link? Who sponsored this link? Where are you AT&T, 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 AT&T. AT&T. Yeah. yeah. It's Advertising works, yeah. It's everything in the right? They probably dumped millions just for that logo. Oh, I like that. It's really interesting. I like that. But I think what's cool about that with all the technology with it is that we used to only be able to watch one game at a time and you'd sort of hear, you know, the results from another game. Like, oh, there was a buzzer beater, but you didn't know. Now we all have the ability to watch every single game on our screen, whether it's our phone, our tablet, our computer, our TV in our office, you know, whatever it is. We have the ability to sit there and watch every single game 
TV all day deals long. have helped too. Yeah. It spread to NTNT. Um, it spread to, I believe someone else picked it up. True um, TV and True TVS, TV, exactly. Yeah. Before it was just local broadcast. That was holding the license to it. So that opened it up, you know, mm-hmm. and you think of like Apple TV, you think of all these connected devices that can run it. You think of, like you mentioned, all those other tablet, mobile, it's on there as well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And so, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, just the way they package everything all together. So even sort of like meeting with them to sort of understand how they're actually selling NCAA yeah. packages. I don't know if you guys have sort of met with them or dealt with this, but mm. I the sort of cost of entry is astronomical. Wow. I mean, everything is, you know, seven figures plus, and that's just sort of like just to get your foot in the door. Mm. And everything comes with, um, you know, stuff that you may not want to, you know, include in, you know. It's not just TV. Like, a million dollars is just to get some digital presence, like a tiny logo, 5% share voice, something absurd. And when you're looking at, like, AT&T or Coke or Capital One, I think, or the three or whomever they are, I mean, you're talking, like, $25, 30000000 million just to, to get your name on there, which is absurd to think about. Yeah. Do they talk at all about um, what the male to female ratio is? Like, is it still, or, or I don't know if it ever was, but is it pretty heavily male skewing, or is it pretty even? I think it's pretty even. Yeah, yeah I think it, it's been a few years since I've actually looked into it, but I'm pretty sure it's relatively mm-hmm. even at this point. I think even with, like, fantasy football and things like that, you see that, you know, like, the percentage of male to female is definitely, definitely shifting. I wouldn't say it's skewing female, but it's right. definitely balancing out a little bit more than it had in years past. Claire, you have to talk about uh, bad, bad lip reading. Okay, okay. So, I, <laughs> yeah. so, have you guys heard of this? Yes. Did you, did you watch this and listen to you? Um, so, I want to talk. So, we've talked a little bit about how uh, technology has affected the way we watch and participate in sports, um, but I also wanted to talk about kind of one step further than that and how. Um, just like the sports memes or like sports phenomenon that have come together um, or come about as <laughs> as a result of technology and bad lip reading is is um, this fun, I, I don't know I, I'm not quite sure how to describe it if it's um, a YouTube channel that does that they call themselves bad lip reading basically what they do is they take video and they just like dub themselves talking over it and they've done music videos before like they did Black Eyed Peas music videos where they take the sound away and then they put in their own lyrics and it's hysterical (laughs) but what this one is is um, bad lip reading for the NFL and it's one of my favorite videos to watch and it's just like you know coaches and players in this like game time situations or maybe they're giving interviews with reporters or they're interacting with each other on the field and it's all the sound is taken away and you have this like weird Martian sounding voice just speaking through their mouths as though they're talking and they're just saying ridiculous things that these players would never say so you've got like one giant football player talking to another giant football player and they're being like you know I like Horace the little mystery pig he's got round poops (laughs) why'd you eat my soup or whatever (laughs) and it looks like that's what they're saying Um, the best ones are the ones where it's just like some massive guy by himself like jumping up and down trying to get himself like uh, you know amped for the game and then they just dub in like I want chocolate chip cookies Or something. It's just so ridiculous. I love it. They'll have like the little talking heads as like the the sports are playing in the background. But yeah, yeah I mean, if you guys, if there's any other sports themed <laughs> so memes funny. you guys want to bring up, That's awesome. or have you ever, is it Jimmy Kimmel with like 
the reading the tweets about themselves. Yes. Like when yeah, athletes, the mean yeah, the mean tweets. Amazing. Oh, that's so good. Amazing. The athlete's version of that is really funny. I've only seen the celebrity ones. Are the, like, what are, I, I feel like people make fun of celebrities for, I don't know, the way that they look or whatever. What do people right. say about athletes? Blake Griffin is still ugly as and it's a lot of like quarterbacks, like so people that everyone knows whether they're like a celebrity athlete or just a full blown athlete, and like Tony Romo and things like that. So people that are made fun of often for no reason or just right. because like you hate the team or whatever it is. So like that iconic figure like Kobe Bryant or Tony Romo or something like people that. People are so mean on Twitter, aren't they, Ashley? They're Very so mean. mean. They're so mean. So I've always thought about that would be the most fun job ever to have to find the mean tweets <laughs> yeah. because there must just be so many out there and yeah. then this is so much fun just scrolling through and finding right of these what's the funniest mean tweet that someone said about this person uh, it's uh, yeah it's it's really great that like you know there's there's a lot of controversy in the NCAA and like should athletes be paid and you know people have a lot of opinions and like Derek was saying you've stepped away from the whole March Madness thing just because of the whole you know, it's not not always the most best spiritual environment to find yourself <laughs> in. Um, but then, and there's people that that live their lives every day, and that's their job and whatever. But there's also the guy whose job it is to scrub Twitter for ridiculous tweets <laughs> that people tweet, and people have made their lives, their livings that way too. I like it. I like it a lot. That's amazing. Um, thanks, Ashley and Derek, for joining us. Thanks, thanks for having us. Spirited combo about great. the NCAA. Lucky episode thirteen. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Let, me, um, let me just drop some advice. Um, yes. Next time you're in Essen, they, they had lobster today. It was ridiculous. Same price as cantaloupes, which was messed up. So that's how they were balancing out. But I had rice and lobster and, and balanced the scale. And next time you do, don't pay for that rice. Just grab a handful of rice and walk away. Grab a handful of rice and put the rest in your in your little uh, you know box, but don't pay for that rice. <laughs> Wait, what do you do with it? You just walk up to the checkout counter with a handful of rice. You know what? Don't even walk out the door with it. Just grab it and start eating it. <laughs> grab the rice. <laughs> you don't want to pay for that rice. <laughs> just just some more food for thought. Directly, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks, Steffi Copeland, for the intro and outro music. We'll see you next um, time, guys. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye, guys.